This is Karen McGill, and you are listening to From Burnout to Best Self. Welcome and enjoy the show. Well, hello, my fellow best selfers. It's good to uh, be back with you again today. I did not record last week because I had a friend in town uh, and I wanted to focus on spending time with her. So I took a week off and I'm sure all of you who are trying to be present and enjoy life more will appreciate and uh, commend my choice. So anyway, it is the weekend of, um, wow, we're kind of in the middle of October now. I don't actually know what the real date is, Uh, but this year has gone by really really fast. There is what? Just a little over 60 days less left. What are we at? 75 days maybe? Um, wow. It's amazing to me. I revel often how fast time goes, especially as you get older. Uh, time seems to go even faster. So when you were a kid and uh, you know you hear your parents say things like, oh, they grew up so fast and time goes by so fast. And you know where do the years go? Uh, it really is true. And there is something about a circadian rhythm um, change as you age that has something to do with that, which I know nothing about, so I won't get into it. (laughs) But today I am going to talk about the number one thing that you can do uh, to make yourself happier right now. And uh, I will say, say, first of all, that's not a clickbaity title. I am going to tell you something that has made me enormously happier. Um, and it was a little thing that uh, only because I have a practice of starting to build my awareness that I even became aware of it and I was able to change it. Um, before I get there, though, I will say that I've heard something really interesting from uh, Brooke Castillo lately, and she is the author of The Life, the Life Coach School podcast, or maybe it's just The Life Coach podcast. I don't remember. Uh, but Brooke Castillo, if you search for her, you will come up with her a podcast. It's really good. And if you are someone who is struggling uh, with burnout or a lack of feeling well, then she's a great place to start. She's a life coach, obviously. <laughs> uh, but she has some really compelling ideas about thoughts and how thoughts build uh, our life and our results. So definitely highly recommend going to see her. Moving on, one of the things that she says that I think is really interesting is that, you know, we shouldn't expect to be happy 100% of the time. And and I know that to be true too, in theory, um, but it, it's really good to kind of level set on that. If you feel down because you're happy, unhappy, um, you might be beating yourself up because you're unhappy. So there's that feeling of unhappiness. And then there's the why can't I ever be happy feeling or thought that layers on top of that. So not only are you uh, intrinsically unhappy, you kind of hate yourself a little bit for being unhappy. And I know that um, that feeling very well. And I know a lot of people who know that feeling very well because I've had this conversation with several folks and uh, it's a common human thing, right? Uh, but when you diffuse that with you know what? Most humans are only happy about 50% of the time. And if you can be happy 50% of the time, then you're doing pretty good. Then uh, that's a good place to be. Because think about it. Happiness is a state of elation, 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 and uh, it's it's a feel-good feeling. Uh, I don't really feel blissful. I don't know um, why that word seems to be so common, but it's some, especially in marketing, bliss seems to be a big word, but I've never felt blissful, but I have felt joy and contentment and peace, um, a lot of the time. And I think that that is actually peace, especially can be a very, um, very interesting feeling to hang on to. Cause I do believe we can feel peace all the time. I point a uh, case in point, dear friend of mine, her father just passed away this week very suddenly. So there was no goodbyes. There was no closure. He had a brain aneurysm and died. 
and it was very sad and very heartbreaking. She was very close to her father. And uh, um, even though, you know, you can be sad, you can be devastated about something like that, there's still a chance to find peace. But in that moment where you lose somebody very close to you or you're close to somebody who's just lost somebody, you don't even want to be happy, right? So this is where that idea of happiness is not, you don't have a goal of 100% happiness all the time because that's not even, it's not even a worthwhile effort, much less is it possible. There is like a wide range of emotions that we as humans want to need to feel uh, as we're present in our life and we're present for the people that we love. So, you know, when my friend told me that her father died, I didn't really care to feel happy in that moment. I, I felt sad because I had met him before and he was a wonderful man. I felt sad because I know she was very close to him. And I felt sad because I know what it feels like to lose a parent. Um, so in that moment, all I wanted to feel was sadness for her but peace in the sense that I felt peaceful that I knew she was surrounded by people that she loves. She doesn't live anywhere close to me. She lives in my hometown of Toronto. She's surrounded by the people that she loves. You know, she's got lots of family, lots of support. And I was talking to her on the daily. Uh, and I just felt peace that she was loved and that she, I know she would get through this. Um, so when you think about happiness, you know, really kind of ask yourself, is that really what you're gunning for? Because <clears throat> if you're not, I mean, if you are, it's a lost cause. You will never be happy 100% of the time, nor would you want to be. But peace is a great feeling. Um, but, but that's not actually the rabbit hole I want to go down today. It does relate in the sense that what I'm talking about today is the number one thing you need to be happier in the moment um, and also in various different aspects of your life. So I want to talk about this directly relating to work because that's how it has come into my uh my, my awareness, but this can also apply to relationships, um, you know, body, body image and, uh, your relationship to yourself. Um, cause a lot of us suffer from self-hatred or self-loathing because we don't look or seem to behave the way we want to, but it can relate to anything, but I'm going to use work. Um, here's the thing, as I mentioned before, sometimes we feel bad about things and then we layer on top a feeling or a thought about being mad or upset about the thing that we're mad or upset about. So for me, the way this has played out is in my work. Uh, I often find that I don't like work in the moment. Like I can get through a day and just feel exhausted and burnt out and just like, God, I want to quit this job because there's the work, but then there's my perception of how well I'm doing the work. And I have a tendency to really pick on myself when I'm doing hard things. And my work can very often be hard because I'm doing, like, maybe I'm doing the same practice. In, in my work, I do a lot of behavior change and change management, a lot of writing. And those things are mm, common practices for me, but they're applied to different scenarios all the time. And when I'm moving into a new scenario and I don't understand the players and I don't understand the concept and... I start feeling very insecure. Oh my God, these people, I, I start getting that uh, imposter syndrome. These, all of these sort of feelings and fears and vulnerabilities start building towards burnout. Uh, because really, very often, like it, often there's external factors that lead to burnout, but very often there's almost equally, if not more often, there's internal factors that lead to that burnout. And that's really what I want to hone in on today that feeling of, 
constant self berating because you're unsure of what you're doing and how that can drag you down, pull away from your energy. And then you start focusing so much on that feeling of fear and insecurity and not knowing what you're doing and worrying that somebody else is going to call you out for not knowing what you're doing and all of those things. And then you start feeling, you take those feelings. I'm sort of um, falling over my words right now because I didn't prescript this or anything like that. I'm living this moment uh, with this experience. So you take these negative feelings that you're having about yourself and then you feel bad because you're going through this. And then you, you look at your work as the cause of those negative feelings. And that's really where that connection between work and burnout can become intolerable because work is just work. It's turning on a computer, it's, you know, answering emails and doing the things that you do in a day. Um, and you can be very stoic about it and very unemotional about it and just kind of go through the motions. And you will probably get through your work a lot faster and a lot more competently because you're not focused on that story behind the work where you're not good enough and you don't know what you're doing. And you're working away at something thinking, this is just shit. <laughs> this sucks. And as soon as I hand this to my boss, they're going to be like, you know, what are we paying you for? This is terrible. And I'm sure I'm not alone when uh, I say that sometimes I have these thoughts. And especially when I'm writing, writers, a lot of writers complain about this, that um, that negativity that follows the creative process around. And Anne Lamont, who is a very famous writer and, and coach, I, would say, I guess you would call her a mentor to other writers, has said in the past that you need to give yourself permission to write the, the shitty first draft. And really what that's all about is you need to find space in your head to do the work that you're trying to do without bringing yourself down in the process because that is the part that's crushing you, <laughs> my friend. So um, this all came into my awareness last weekend when my friend was here. And my friend is in, uh, she's in recovery or remission, not remission, but recovery. She just finished um, having a major surgery. Uh, she had breast cancer, fortunately does not have it anymore, not even a squish of it. Um, but, you know, has gone through a lot and was here convalescing last weekend. And we, we had a lot, just a ton of deep thoughts as we typically do. Um, she's the person that, you know, I, I bounce my headiness off of my heady ideas because she too has them. So, and I was, she was talking about in her, in her path to healing, she has really had to set some boundaries. And I think that boundaries can be a very triggering word because it implies selfishness. And as women, we have a really hard time being selfish, but she literally has no choice because her energy is so finite now. She was the type of person, she's very extroverted, loves being around other people and is always saying yes, yes, yes to things. And also is, you know, like just a workhorse, works all the time. Um, and, you know, that kind of was the way she operated. That was her MO for a good portion of her life. And then she got breast cancer and her body literally said, no, honey, we're done with this. 
this is the new normal. So now as she travels, she's starting to get back into work again, but she has to do it differently. And she has to manage her schedule differently. And when she travels home, we're both from the same city, um, but we neither of us live there anymore. But when you, and I'm sure a lot of you who travel home to your home city when uh, you live somewhere else, you know how hectic it can be when you've got to go from place to place to place and visit all of the people. It can be very stressful and it can take a lot of energy. And, and one of the boundaries she has built for herself in her new travel regime is not um, putting pressure on herself to see all the people um, every time she comes into town. And she has found a piece with that that I just thought was really inspiring because now there's no pressure, the self-pressure to see everyone. And she is also, because of the breast cancer, realized that this is just her new capacity. So she doesn't have that added guilt and self-berating of, you know, I'm a bad person because I'm not able to see everyone. Now her MO is, well, you know, this is my new normal. I'm coming into town for a weekend and there's only so many hours in the day and I need X many to myself just to rest and repair. So with these few remaining hours I've got left, these are the people I'm going to see. <laughs> there was something about that realization that just blew me away. And, and I'm so grateful. I know it has nothing to do with work, but for whatever reason, I took that mind frame and that mindset and that that frame of thinking about boundaries and not just boundaries in terms of what you're willing to give, but boundaries in terms of what you're willing to beat yourself up about anymore. And I applied that to my work. So when she left to go home and I started my new work week, I said to myself, this week, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not going to have those moments where I don't really know what I'm doing and I am feeling insecure and, you know, I'm beating myself up thinking, you know, the work that I'm doing is not good enough or, you know, what is everybody else thinking about me at this moment? Do they think that I'm incompetent when most people are not thinking about me at all? But as a human, we have the tendency to think that way. And I just thought I'm going to experiment with this week. And every time I get that inkling or uh, feeling of wanting to, um, you know, start berating myself, I'm going to stop. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm awesome. And I know what I'm doing. I may not know all the players. I may not know all the circumstances in this new project I'm working in, but I know my practice. I know how to write. I know how to articulate myself and I'll figure it out. And you know, there's nobody here around me and my peers of extremely smart people that is any smarter than me. You know, they, they don't know their jobs better than I do. They may know things, certain things more than I do, but I know other things more than they do. So we're all kind of equal playing field. And I know in my brain that most people are probably feeling just as insecure as I am going walking into work every morning going, you know, what crazy thing is going to happen to me today that I'm not going to know how to deal with. And I was really feeling confirmed in that conviction Earlier this week, Rachel Hollis, somebody I follow on Instagram, had said, you know, how many times have you beaten yourself up just because you're doing something hard, you know, and that we, every time we do hard things or new things, it doesn't mean that we are just crappy. It just means we're uncomfortable and we don't know what we're doing yet. But by taking this, these are my words now, by by taking away the pressure to be perfect and by taking away that inner critic and just focusing on the work, 
you're actually going to enjoy the work more, you're going to produce a better result, and you're not going to feel stressed and burned out and feeling like crap at the end of the day because, you know, you've just been hit by an emotional bus of your own making. So I tried that out for a week. That happened last week, Monday to Friday. Oh my God, it made my work day so much better. I didn't dread going to work because I was starting to really worry that I was not enjoying my work. And why was this? Because I work for a great company. I work from home. I work, you know, hours that suit me and that I have a lot of control over and I have a lot of autonomy. What the hell? You know, like, why didn't I like my work? And what I came to realize was I was just feeling insecure about my work. And I could leave that job and go to another job, but I would take that that self-punishment with me. So until I actually faced what I was doing to myself, my and do my own inner work, I was never going to fix this. And it would it would run into everything because I also have my business where I constantly berate myself as well. You know, I could be sitting here on this podcast talking to you right now thinking, this is such gobbledygook. And the person that's listening to this in their earbuds right now is thinking, who is this girl and when is she going to shower up? (laughs) But you're probably not thinking that because um, you probably just would have turned off the podcast if that were the case. So suffice to say, after a week of thought stopping around these really super critical, like self-imposed, judgment sessions and just instead saying, I'm awesome, or I know what I'm doing, or you know what, I may not know what I'm doing. This might be wrong, but this is how I'm approaching it. Because really, I mean, there's any way, any way to approach life. There is no guidebook around life. I'm sure there's like guidebooks around neurosurgery and, um, you know, how to try a case in trial. There are specific things to do very important, specific other things. But for the most part in life, we are all just winging it. And I have to say that if you are spending a lot of your time berating yourself, please know, number one, that, I, you know, I, I would say something like, you're smart enough and you're good enough and, and don't, God darn it, people like you, but I don't, I don't know you. I don't know you. So that is a nice comforting word, but you're probably going to think to yourself that it's, it's, you know, just lip speak because you don't know me. But here's what I can tell you. And this is not lip speak. We all do that to ourselves. None of us, none of us, well, probably some men actually, (laughs) it's mean, but anyway, most of us go into every day of our lives wondering, you know, what the hell is going to happen today? And we're all just making it up as we go along because it's not like we were all born with some sort of like step-by-step guidebook to life and you just didn't get your copy. We are all making it up. None of us are right 100% of the time. We all screw up. We all write shitty first drafts. Whatever that means in terms of you and your life and your work, whatever it is that you're producing, let it be shitty. You know, like put put your effort into it, but let it be not the best the first time around and just keep working at it and stop berating yourself because that, my friends, that is what's contributing to your burnout and your exhaustion and your hate for work and this spiral of negativity that you're finding yourself in. A lot of your stress is self-induced, my friend. Not all of it, but a lot of it is. So that's what I have for you this week. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I hope that was helpful. If it was helpful, then I would ask for you to head over to Instagram uh, and find me there. So 
I have actually changed Instagram handles a few times. Uh, so I apologize if in the past you've heard a different Instagram handle. But here's what we're here's what we're working with now. Somebody has taken the Fit Habit, which is you know the name of my brand. I know the podcast is called Burnout to Best Self, but my brand is called the Fit Habit. Somebody has that. They don't even use Instagram for it, which is super frustrating. Uh, so what I have to use is underscore the Fit Habit on Instagram. So go find me there. Actually, if you you search for my name, Karen McGill with a Z, it will um, send you back to the Fit Habit too. Uh, go find me there and tell me if this resonates with you. I would love to know. I would love to know if this is something that you deal with in your life or is it just me out here in outer space beating myself up uh, on the regular. Uh, but it's been so, so life altering to have that realization and to stop beating myself up and to just my mantra being, I mean, we're all just making this up as we go along. It was so helpful. So I hope all of those sort of meandering stories has brought you to a point of understanding of where we all are as humans and this human experience and how you can improve your life. Maybe not to be 100% happy all of the time, but to be at peace. Be at peace with your contributions, with your value, and with the fact that we're all making this up. So on that note, have a great week, guys. I will be back again next weekend. Take care. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of From Burnout to Best Self. I really appreciate you being here and I would super appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That really helps me get the podcast out to more people and to help me get better people on the, or not better people, but fascinating people on the podcast. So do me a huge, head over to iTunes, give me a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. And also... I would love to connect with you on Instagram. I like to see the people who actually listen to this podcast. I want to see my community uh, face to face. So go over there, follow me on Instagram at burnout to best self and uh, let me know you're a listener. I'd really appreciate it. If you want to do a screenshot of the episode that you uh, are listening to and share it on your stories and tag me, then I will be happy to share back. So um, thanks for connecting guys. I love you and uh, I'm so happy to be on this journey with you. Take care.